0: Hey, you're listening to the Spreading the Word podcast. I'm your host, Paul Bizanti. Today we're going to be jumping into a sermon I gave originally in uh, 2017. I titled the sermon, Have You Ever Met Your Hero? Uh, This came about, um, you know, watching a lot of basketball, seeing a lot of exciting stuff happen in the sports world. And it got me thinking about um, who my hero really is. And I wanted to share this with you. I Didn't have recording going when I originally gave it, but we're going to jump right in. Thanks for joining us today. So when I was in high school, I would come home uh, every day after school and watch a show called The In Chef. Now, uh, at this point in my life, I was convinced that I wanted to be a professional chef. I, I watched the Food Network uh, religiously, you would say, and I would watch this one show featuring Chef Michael Smith, a Canadian chef from a small town in Halifax, and I just loved the way he approached food and the way he approached his show was to teach others about how to, how to do things in a, in a simple but effective way for cooking, and so every single day I would come home and I would flip on the television, and right as I got home, his show would be starting. I wanted to be that chef. I wanted that uh, that element in my life, and so, as I created this habit of watching his show on a daily basis, uh, it became part of my daily routine and I started to feel like I had a real relationship with this chef. Uh, he would teach me things about capers and and how to how to present stuff and how to put flavor profiles together and he was he was mentoring me almost so. Fast forward 12 years from that point, and I happened to go to a cooking demonstration with, uh, with a, a friend of mine and who's there, but chef Michael Smith, he's doing a book signing for one of his latest, uh, cookbooks and he's demonstrating how to make, uh, brown butter popcorn. Uh, side note, definitely look it up. Fantastic. Fantastic snack. food. Love it. Um, but I get to meet this guy, this guy who was arguably my hero in high school. I get to meet him. I get to shake his hand. He gives me a signed uh, copy of his book. Um, and he wasn't rude, per se, by any stretch. He was, you know, pleasant. Uh, but he was there. He was meeting, you know, uh, probably 100 people that day. Um, he There was no relationship. There was no mentorship. I had built that all up in my head. There was nothing there really, of a reciprocity on his end, and he didn't really have any care as to who I was, nor nor should he. I was was a guy, and he was appreciative that I was there, but that's kind of where it ended. So I get a quick little signature from him, uh, and there's no meaningful exchange of ideas or thoughts, or, hey, have you ever tried cooking this, or nothing like that. Um, So in the long run, I've now got this, uh, this copy of this book that's signed by my hero uh, that I've currently got listed on eBay for $5. And there's one guy negotiating with me right now for $3 on it. And I, I just can't cross that threshold. i got to get that $5. But uh, that, that caused me to, to ask the question, and I feel like a lot of people have asked this in their lives. Have you ever met your hero? So uh, when it comes to my actual hero, when I think about it, it's no longer some celebrity chef. It's not some business mogul, musician, no athlete, no offense, Kawhi Leonard. uh, But there's only one man who I can ascribe to being a hero, who can attain that level of hero status for me. And that's Jesus. Uh, Sometimes I wonder what it would be like to actually meet him. How would you envision that that would work out if you were to ever meet him? Lots of people in, in scripture fall face down and, and worship him. Uh, there are a lot of examples of being fearful. Um, Mark, Mark has an example in, in chapter 5 where his apostles are fearful of, of him after he, he calms the storm. Um, would you have a sense of guilt meeting him? These are some of the questions I, I ask myself, uh, who is Jesus really? Well, in, uh, in John chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 18, we'll read through that and we'll take a look at who Jesus really is. In John chapter 1, verse 1, we read, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So there's a lot to take in there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now the word actually being used here for word is logos. Uh, This is is a, a word we recognize from other passages in Scripture notably in Genesis. Uh, see, John's gospel was written to the Jewish believers who certainly would have had a very strong working knowledge of the Old Testament. And uh, in Genesis, in fact in, in chapter one of Genesis, eight times we read a statement that, that goes, and God said. So God said, God's word being the instrument of creation. Eight times says, And God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered. And God said, let the land produce vegetation. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures. And God said, let the land produce living creatures. And God said, let us make man in our image. You see, when... God is creating the world. His tool, his instrument for creation is his word. Our almighty Father and Creator spoke the earth into existence, spoke creation into existence using his word. So John is not mincing his words here. When he says that Jesus Christ is the word of God, the logos of God, he is saying and his readers and listeners understood this clearly, that Jesus was that instrument of creation. This is not some clever little wordplay or or pun. This is an intentional uh, likeness that John is drawing between the creation of the world and Jesus' critical role in it. You see, God himself is the word that breathes life into us. Jesus is that word. Through him, Jesus, all things were made. Jesus wasn't only present at the time of creation, but he was instrumental. He was the tool. He was the mechanism through which the world as we know it and the universe was created. The other aspect to this passage that we read about is, is uh A description of lightness and darkness. And when John gets into lightness and darkness, again, think back to Genesis. Think back to the creation story. What what else does light do? It shines in the face of darkness. It reveals things that are otherwise unseen. And it provides guidance in navigating through a world full of snares and hazards. Later on in this passage, he says that the world did not recognize or receive him. This is a pointed comment of the rejection of Jesus, literally being received when on earth. He was not accepted in his own hometown. They questioned, "Who is this guy? Isn't he the son of of Joseph? Does it, like, aren't his brothers and sisters here? Like, isn't he like a? a some say a construction worker, others say a carpenter." But this idea that Jesus was this great teacher, this this rabbi, this, this anything more than that, was totally foreign to everyone who knew him. He was rejected by the own people that he came to serve. So how well would this statement describe your relationship with Jesus at times the world did not recognize or receive him when I look critically at my own life I know that I I definitely have times when I've not received Jesus that I've that I have rejected him I've sought my own desires I've sought my own sinfulness instead of receiving the the word of God instead of allowing that to work in my heart instead of allowing the light to shine on the darkness and the depravity of my sin, I've rejected it. How well does that statement describe your relationship with Jesus? When have you failed to recognize Jesus' share in eternity with God? When have you failed to recognize Jesus' role as an instrument an instrument? in creation uh, as a purpose in in being light in the darkness revealing our sin when have you failed to recognize that you have been given an inheritance in God's name you see unlike the relationship i had that was very one-sided with chef michael smith and i don't mean to badmouth the guy he's a he's a class act but the difference being that that was a, a one-sided relationships unlike that the relationship that god had with us in the garden and that he's seeking to reestablish with us is a lasting two-way relationship the purpose behind all this was this this creation this this plan of salvation was to re-establish a lasting relationship between us and God. Have you ever met your hero? Have you ever met someone that you put on a pedestal that you esteemed greatly, that you had a lot of respect for, that you, you learned from? Was it all it was cracked up to be? Well, think about who would have known Jesus as a man the best. would have been his apostles. Think about this. After hearing that Jesus was alive again, one of his apostles, Thomas, still has doubts. Thomas gets a bad rap a lot of times, but let's spend some time looking at this exchange in John chapter 20, starting in verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I, I will not believe. A week later his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So when Thomas is confronted with his hero and finally grasps the nature of exactly who he is and what has been accomplished, His reaction is an acknowledgment. Thomas might arguably have been the first person to ever declare in one sentence that Jesus was both Lord and God. Unlike our worldly heroes, Jesus does not disappoint us. Unlike our worldly heroes, Jesus surpasses our expectations. And unlike our worldly heroes, Jesus is a person on whom we could depend with every fiber of our being. So how can we treat Jesus like a hero who deserves that place of honor? What do we do? What do we take away from this? Well, I think the first part is we have to acknowledge his eternity. Look back at Genesis 1, And read that in parallel with John chapter 1. And it's impossible to deny that Jesus was a critical and formational part of creation. Acknowledge that Jesus was that. Acknowledge that Jesus is eternal like the Father acknowledge his role in revealing God's will to us, in, in lighting, lighting our path, in, in shining a light in the darkness of our lives and calling out our sin. But most of all, Glorify him. Give him glory. Give him all the hero worship your heart desires. You see, this this passion we have in ourselves for elevating people and, and glorifying them is we see a, a powerful story and we want to relate to them and we want to be part of that. And, and our, our desire to meet our heroes is to be a part of the celebration of the accomplishments of them. Well, the only time when that is truly the most appropriate is with Jesus. We can fundamentally be a part of that plan of salvation. We can be part of the celebration of God's victory over Satan and evil and death and sin. Take part in that. Lastly, pursue a relationship with him. Unlike the heroes we might have in our secular lives, Pursuing a relationship with them sometimes turns into, you know, at best, creepy Twitter following, and at, at worst, stalker syndrome. So that's not what we want to channel those energies towards. We, if If you truly want to be part of the greatest win that's ever happened... Pursue a relationship with Jesus, not some cheap signature on a book you're trying to sell on eBay, but a lifelong exchange of loving compassion and sacrifice. And you will see in your lives that that is returned to you. Your, your relationship with God will blossom the more you spend time trying to focus your life and energies. Towards a relationship with God. I'll leave you with this one last passage here. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Don't let this opportunity pass you by to develop and pursue and, and grow in your relationship with God. This is a calling to focus your lives on Him. His gentleness and His love and His compassion knows no bounds. And I promise you that if you seek out God and honestly, earnestly devote time and energy to Him, He will respond in a powerful and meaningful way in your life God bless everyone thanks for joining me today uh, we'll we'll come back next week with another message in spreading the word.